Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Good morning. And hey, by the way, we're going to miss the golf guys. They're packing up the leave for the season here. And gosh, Jerry, I don't know how many years we've been either in front or behind each other on the radio. It's got to be, uh, I don't know how many. I guess he didn't have that mic on, but say it again, Jerry. He said. It was since Jesus was a baby. Now, I know I'm old, but I don't quite think I'm that old. <laughs> hey, good luck, guys. Hopefully we'll be back here back to back next spring. All right, we got lots to cover today in the outdoors, too. I'll tell you what, this uh, this little bit of a cool snap today. I don't know if it's statewide, but it sure is around here. But it, in, unlike in the spring when you get these cold fronts that come through, the uh, the uh, in the fall, they actually can trigger a lot of really good fishing activity. So we're going to be talking about that. I think this is a good thing. Now, it's going to warm up today, but then it's going to be cooler during the week. And I think it's going to get some things going. But we're going to be bringing in reports from all over the state today. We're going to go up to Blue Mesa in the second hour. And we've been hearing a lot of things about water level, about algae. We'll find out what the truth is up there. Granby, the bite is on. They're getting a lot of kokanee. Bernie Keefe's going to join us. Nate Zielinski's going to talk hunting. We're going to take you to a couple state parks. We got a lot to cover, but right now we're going to go right to the phones. And uh, joining us from Ark Anglers down on the Arkansas River is Greg Felt. Good morning, Greg. Morning, Terry. How you doing? I'm doing well. Did you guys get a little bit of this nippy weather down there too? You know, it was funny. Late yesterday afternoon, the wind started blowing out of the east, and it was cold. And I went and looked on my weather app, and boy, Denver was about 15 degrees colder than we were. This morning, I got up, and it was actually the very first frost that we've had on my lawn, anyway, in Salida all fall. Well, you know, and we're going to get to the conditions on the Arkansas River and how fantastic the fishing has been and is going to continue to be this fall. But in a lot of the lakes and the warm water species, when we get these fall cold days and the water temperatures drop, it actually stimulates the fish getting towards that winter season. Do you see that in the rivers some, too? Of course, the browns are spawning, so are getting ready to spawn. But how does it affect the rivers? I think um, where you see the impact is probably more in the afternoons. When you, when you get a colder night and you get the waters cooled down a little more, um, things can get a little slower to start in the morning sometimes, and but then the the afternoons fish really well. You know, on some of those days like that, we always used to talk that the fish are the most comfortable when you're the most comfortable, and they're banker hours fishing. I kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, and especially in the spring and the fall up here, because we do have um, normally have fairly cool nights. Uh, it's a fairly low volume river those times of year, and so the water temperature can fluctuate, you know, 8, 10 degrees over the course of a day. Yeah, well, and and we've got, of course, uh, the weather can vary so much here just by elevation, too. But let's talk about the the Arkansas River. Now, we had you on a couple times earlier in the year, and we talked about the fact that a lot of rivers, uh, especially this summer, were uh, we had to be very cautious because there were very, very low flows, and we had some temperature uh, concerns. The Arkansas really didn't deal too much with that because you have some allocated water that's that's keeps the flows going through the summer. Is that right? 
Yeah, we do. We have we have some what we call trans basin water, so water from outside of our drainage that's imported, and we have reservoirs on the upper end at Turquoise and Twin Lakes, and then of course Main Stem Reservoir, Pueblo Reservoir down below. So what we're able to do uh, in the heat of the summer, and for both um, sort of helping the fishery conditions, but also helping our recreational boating activity is to release supplemental water from the upper reservoirs, recapture it in Pueblo, and that helps us uh, maintain some higher flows. We didn't hit the target of 700 cubic feet per second that we usually shoot for um, because we were shy on, on water this year, but we were able to stay up in that 350 to 500 range until uh, right about August 15th. And then the nights, of course, start getting cooler. Now, that being said, you still were warmer than normal, even though the fish stayed comfortable. In fact, they actually thrived. Now, I know a, f- a few years back we went through a period like this where we cycled into a low water year, and the browns seemed to go through some grow- growth spurts, and the fish, actually, we saw some big, healthy fish. What are you experiencing this year? Same thing as 2002 and 2012. We've got real low flows a real minimal spring runoff, and our brown trout uh, were able to really make better use of the calories that they were taking in instead of expending that energy fighting the strong, swift, steep gradient current. Um, they were able to convert those calories into body mass. So our our girth-to-length ratios are looking great. Overall, size of fish is great. And I can't tell you how many people have come in to the shop after guided trips this year, people who've been with us for many years who said, wow, caught the biggest fish I've ever seen on the Arkansas today. Yeah, and then you're, you're right. You're exactly right. That that was what happened in those other low water years. And you were you were you and I were talking during the week, and you said that uh, I can't remember who you said the biologist was that did the study, but he really related the current to body mass where they didn't have to swim and work so hard that it really had a major effect. Right. Parks and Wildlife biologist Greg Poliski, who just retired uh, about a year and a half ago, worked on this river 25 years or so. And once we got our water quality issues cleaned up to the heavy metals that were coming in up in the Leadville Mining District, um, then the real sort of the real limiting factor on on brown trout growth was current velocity. So some years we have big water and these fish just kind of struggle to sort of hold their own. But in a year like this, which happens periodically, um, see some tremendous gains. The other thing that is a real benefit is the um, the level of fry recruitment that we see in years like this. So uh, those, every eddy you pull into, there's just full of teeny little fry swimming around. Uh, that's unusual. And that's that also bodes well for the future. Now, before we talk about the existing conditions right now, you and I, when we were talking, you also mentioned that the caddis have really made a rebound. Yeah. So we had a really tough spring in 2008. We had really high flows through April and May, never had that nice kind of warming of the river that we typically see in the second half of April and early May that triggers the brachycentris caddis hatch. And in that year, all those bugs pupated, so they sealed themselves up in their case, went through their metamorphosis, but then never hatched because the river never warmed up before runoff. They died in their cases, and we had no reproduction from about Cotopaxi or so all the way upstream. Well, in subsequent years, you know, we'd see a bug here, see one there, uh, and then we started to see more. And this last year, uh, it was a, it was a real hatch. It wasn't like the 
sort of biblical proportions of old, but it was a significant hatch. Now you go walk around out there in the river around Salida, and the rocks are covered with caddis cases. It's that old sort of barnacle feeling underfoot. And uh, we are anticipating really significant emergence next spring. That'll be awesome, because that's always such an event. Of course, people call it the Mother's Day hatch, but when it happens, it's usually well underway by Mother's Day. But let's, before we run out of time, let's talk about what's going on right now. When I called you earlier this week to see if you, I could get a report from you, you were uh, incredibly enthusiastic about the quality of fishing right now. Yep, it's, it's really, the river's really approachable. Our flows uh, right now are about 200 CFS at Wellsville. That's probably about half of what we would normally expect this time of year. So the float fishing is, is very technical uh, from the boating perspective. The wade fishing um, probably is, you know, never, never easier than at a flow like this, both in terms of getting around, but also in terms of reading the water, really be able, being able to see the structure on the bottom and figure out where these fish are going to be apt to congregate. So so you've got uh, a lot of weightable water and water that's much easier to read because you're able to see the rifts and the the channels and the and the rocks and things and and there's and the Arkansas also enjoys tremendous amounts of public access too. Oh yeah. I mean when you look over that whole 102 miles or so of of gold medal water um something like 60% of it is public on one side or the other. Now, we're going to talk in a few minutes about the services you offer in case people want to book a trip and learn about the river. But if somebody's just heading up, uh, first thing, they should stop at one of your shops and get some information. But what are you seeing? What's working out on the river right now? Well, we're really uh, we're getting into this typical fall daily routine where we've got good midge uh, larval drifts in the morning and midge hatches going on. You're going to find most of your fish are feeding on the on the larva and not and, and pupa and not on the adults, not on the surface so much. And then um, gets a little quieter midday. Often we go a bit deeper and just try to feed them like some stonefly nymphs or attractor nymphs. And then from about one to four, uh, we're seeing good blueing olive mayfly activity. And that's that's the real hatch. That's when you're apt to find rising fish and and get some dry fly fishing in. Now, I was walking around in just some areas, not down in your area at all, and I still saw quite a few grasshoppers. Are you seeing some hopper dropper yet, too? Oh, sure. You know, this uh, it's typical for hoppers still to be the active this time of year. And like I said, in Salida, we, we had a light frost last night. It's the first one we've even had. So we got all kinds of terrestrials that are really active, particularly on the sunny days. I like the terrestrials because, first of all, I can lay them down with a plop, which my cast usually does anyway, and and I can see them with my old eyes. <laughs> yep, yep. And pretty much even when we're fishing these great uh, blueing olive mayfly hatches, you know, those are an 18 or a 20. So we'll often fish those behind something bigger that people can keep their eye on. You know, it's a it's a steep river. Even at these low flows, there's a, a lot of broken water. It's hard to keep track of those little bugs sometimes. Oh, yeah. I trust me, I know. <laughs> and then, of course, when these browns really get aggressive, I don't mind throwing a streamer or two either. Yep, yep. And when you think about the uh, this terrific uh, brown trout fry recruitment that I was referring to earlier, that that is a very plausible food source this fall for these big browns. And uh, you know, we're we're not into the spawn yet, but we are definitely headed that direction. It usually peaks around 
second, third week of October, um, but typically spread over about six weeks of time. Now, Greg, tell people about your operation, where you're located, your shops, and what services you provide. Sure. So we have uh, full-service fly shops in Salida and Buena Vista, uh, and we're open year-round at both locations. Our guide service is uh, both guided wade fishing on the Arkansas River at South Platte and up in the high lakes of the San Isabel National Forest, and then we're float fishing on the main channel of the Arkansas. We'll be uh, probably floating through the end of October. And then we usually wrap up sometime there in early November. Uh, but we've got, you know, we have we have good availability, excellent conditions. The folks who are out on the river are really doing well this fall. And, um, you know, it's a beautiful time of year down here, too. Quieter time. Great, great uh, time for a weekend in Salida and enjoy some of our restaurants and galleries and things. And then get out on the river during the during the best parts of the day to catch some fish. Well, you know, people, I... I and all types of fishing, but fly fishing as much as anything. People put those long rods away way too early in the year. We're going to get great days, especially down in the southern part of the state where you are. Some of a, some of my best fishing has been right through the winter almost on some of the rivers in Colorado. Well, with my busy lifestyle now, you know, I'm outfitter. I'm also J.P. County Commissioner. My, my schedule's pretty packed. I do almost all of my personal fishing in the dead of winter now. And uh, it, you want some solitude and some beauty and uh, really tie into some, some nice fish on, on a nice sunny day. Boy, it's tough to beat uh, Bighorn Sheep Canyon on the Arkansas in the winter. Yeah, and you know, if people don't want a guide, at least stop by your shops because you guys are going to be able to point them in the right direction and get them started with the, with the right presentations, right? Yep, our motto is accurate, timely information is our number one product. And how do, do they... right, everything else will follow. How do they get a hold of you, Greg? They can go to our website at arcanglers.com. That's ARC with a K. You can call us at 719-539-4223. Stop by our shops on Highway 50 in Salida or Highway 24 in Buena Vista. All right, Greg, as always, great information. And you got me. There's so many things in the fall. You know, you've got hunting. You've got all the different fishing. Now you got me excited about wanting to get down to the Arkansas. Great, great information, Greg. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks a lot, Terry. Appreciate it. All right. You have a good rest of the weekend. Thank you. Greg Felt with Arc Anglers. Just tremendous, tremendous people. And what a great river. I mean, that's one of the most famous rivers in the world, folks. Just, you got it right in your backyard, and the fishing is as good right now as it's ever been and it's ever going to be. Get down there and give it a shot. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Sandy Clef here to tell you about SCL Mortgage Special Circumstance Lending, locally owned and operated. And if you're self-employed or work on commission, this is the place for you. Bank statement loans are back. You don't need tax returns to do your loan. In some cases, the bank statement loans can be done with credit scores in the low 600s. MySpecialMortgage.com on the web, 303-790-2222. The phone number, SCL Mortgage, licensed by the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies, number 126. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Uh, joining us on the phones now from Jackson Lake Reservoir, uh, Jackson Reservoir State Park, is Darby Shanks. Good morning, Darby. Good morning. It's a beautiful day here. It started out cool, but it's supposed to warm up and get quite warm. Then we're going to have some on and off weather. Uh, you get looking for a nice weekend at the lake there? Yeah, I think I believe today's going to be up in the high 80s. So, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Well, you know, there's probably people new to the show. Why don't you tell them where Jackson Lake State Park is located? Uh, we are located about, I'd say, an hour outside of Denver along Interstate 76. We sit about 10 miles north of Interstate 76 off at Exit 66 at the exit of uh, Wiggins. So. And I know you have an event coming up, but before we get to that, let's kind of go over your amenities and current conditions at the lake right now. First of all, you have camping year-round, is that right? We do. Three of our campgrounds stay open year-round, and two of them do have electricity, and the other has non-electric. Um, so out of right now, we have uh, two campgrounds that are completely closed for the season, and one will, another one will close at the end of October, which is our lakeside campground. Um, it is off of reservations altogether for that campground, but the other three are still on reservations throughout the entire year. And hey. our shower buildings are still open at this moment. Uh, I don't know when they are closing for sure, um, but you can call the park or we'll have it on our conditions with that information as well. But then we also have our boat ramp is still open. There is still about three and a half to four feet of water at the end of the boat ramp, so people are still able to get out. Um, fishing should be picking up once again, uh, especially with these cooler temperatures. Uh, I do know there was a few walleye and wipers being caught. Uh, some of the wipers weren't keepable because they were still under that 15 inches, but it's starting to pick up, though. Well, you know, um, I want to get back to the fishing in a minute, but as far as winter camping, don't you see more and more people? Colorado people just don't want to stay in, do they? No, and especially if it's a nice weekend, they like to like to get out of the city. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Hey, you're talking about the weather. I just wrote an article about the lakes on the Front Range for my in my Denver Post column that uh, came out last week. You can find that on my Facebook page, by the way, folks. It's at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and it talks about as this water cools, you have a lot of shad in Jackson. You're a shad-based lake also. And as this water cools, those shad get stressed, and it really gets, especially walleyes and wipers, will start really aggressively feeding. So if your boat ramp stays open for a couple more weeks, you could get some really aggressive aggressive fish and some great fishing there, Darby. Yes, absolutely. And then you got uh, a lot of other things. By the way, you know, people think, well, it's out in the prairie. It's going to be like a desert. But you actually have quite a few trees at the lake. We do, especially in certain areas of the lake. Uh, lots of big cottonwoods, for sure. <clears throat> and that's what people really like. keeps a, a lot of shade off. And then, of course, you're, you're, you're one of the top ten beaches on freshwater lakes and parks in the United States or something like that. That's just phenomenal. Tell people about the beach. Um, well, it kind of reminds you of the ocean sand, I think. Um, <clears throat> so... It's not like your regular river sand, I would call it. So it's very nice and soft. Um, it gets in everything, just like all sand, it seems like. But it is huge. Uh, since we have receded some this year, um, since we are an irrigation lake, it does happen. So, um, But it has exposed the beach, and so there's a lot, of, a lot of play on the beach area. Well, and you have pretty shallow water walking out from that beach, if I remember right. And then you get in the day, even in the fall, the sun warms that shallow a little bit. You can kind of play in the water and lay on the beach and really be comfortable. And it is a beautiful beach. Now, early in the spring, it's not exposed as much, but you get this time of the year, you got, you know, you got a lot of sand to play with. A lot of people just love to go set up on the sand and play. One more thing before we get to your event that I want to make sure we talk about too, and that's the fact that you do have a lot of hunting opportunities right near the park too. We do. We do have a little hunting in the park itself. Um, we have a couple ponds up north that people can hunt at. 
It is on a first-come, first-serve, and it is open seven days a week. Um, there's a couple different areas you can small game hunt. Um, the clo- some closures aren't in place yet, so since we have one campground still open. Um, and then we also have two wildlife areas that are adjacent to the park. One is the Jackson Lake Wildlife Area that's located on the northeast corner. Um, it is open seven days a week. Um, no reservations. There is a check-in, check-out station up there. Uh, and since uh, what duck, duck opens next weekend out here? I I think it's either this weekend or next, uh, depending on where you are. You're on the 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 eastern part, so I think next weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's October October sixth. Right. Six. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> that will be happening. And then we also have the Andrick Wildlife Area. It's kind of located. I call it on the southwest corner. <clears throat> that is on reservation basis, uh, only on weekends, legal holidays, and Wednesdays. It, uh, reservations are encouraged. You can't make them more than 14 days in advance. Um, so, and and there is specific areas you can only hunt. So, uh, right. We covered that reservation system a couple weeks ago on the air here, and what a great system. You know, there's lots of places that you can. Like you said, you've got first come, first serve. There's no reservations. But then there's those places where if you call in and get the reservation, you don't have to be there at 4 in the morning to kind of stake out your ground. And they, they rest them at different times. And they really the Parks and Wildlife does a great job with that reservation system. Let's talk a little bit about your event now before we run out of time. You do this, I think, every year almost or something, or maybe twice a year, and that's your astronomy event. Tell us about that. Yeah, we have some folks that come out of the Front Range area. Um, They kind of volunteer for us. They bring their big telescopes, um, and and hopefully we don't have a cloudy day because if it's cloudy, usually it gets canceled. Um, But they're coming out next Saturday, and that's an astronomy club, uh, and they'll be located up in our Northview campground. Uh, And usually, of course, it's always, you know, at night. So, But don't bring your flashlights. <laughs> because they don't like light around, um, but yes, it is. It's pretty awesome if you you know be able to look through some of those big telescopes. Um, it's phenomenal. Well, you know, just getting away from the city lights. I uh, I know I'll go out to my hot tub at night. My wife and I, Karen, who produces the show, we go out to the hot tub and we'll look up at the sky and we can see some of the brighter stars. But the so much reflection off the lights of the city that it's hard. But you get out, like where you guys are located, you have no city lights. And even before you look through the telescope, the sky is just vivid, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's just fantastic. And so what kind of, it's next Saturday, you said? Yes, October 6th. And what, what kind of, any particular hours, when do they start showing up? I would say, you know, since, you know, our, our dark hours are starting to get, I would say probably 7.30, 8 o'clock. Um, that's when they're for sure going to be there by then. Um, but that's when dusk starts happening. And there's no extra charge for this. These guys are just volunteers, and they love to share. Yeah, yeah. The only charge is they come into the park, your, the $7 daily park pass, or, you know, if you already have that annual park pass, it's free. Just come on up. And then um, if people are worried about cancellation, they can call the park or look online? Yeah, yep, absolutely. We'll put it on our Facebook page. Um, that's most how our programs are generated and, and told to the, to the public. But you can also call um, at the park. And then sometimes at the last minute, within a couple hours, we kind of know um, they get a hold of us. Um, they, they look at the weather a lot. 
All right. All right, Darby, it sounds great. you got so much going out there, and it's a great, great place to go. Hopefully we'll get a lot of people continuing to use the park as we get through the winter. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. That's uh, Darby Shanks from Jackson Lake State Park. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right back to the phones. And joining us from Cheyenne Mountain State Park is Darcy Mount. Good morning, Darcy. Good morning, Terry. You know, I'm probably going to say Darby. We just had Darby um, Darby uh, Shanks on before you. And now with you, I'm between Darby and Darcy. I'll probably call you by the wrong name before we're through. That's okay. I've been called worse than Darby. That's all right. <laughs> oh, both you, both you guys, gals, are just tremendous when you come on. You've got great parks with such great information. You do a good job. So we love, love having you. And, of course, you're from Cheyenne Mountain. You have an announcement to make, but before we even get to that, tell people where Cheyenne Mountain is located and kind of describe the park. Uh, Cheyenne Mountain State Park is in the southwest section of Colorado Springs. Um, The entrance road to our park is directly across the street from the main gate to Fort Carson. And, of course, it's uh, it, there's no water feature in Cheyenne Mountain, but it has everything else you could want. It's got hiking trails, incredible wildlife, I understand. Is that right? Yeah, we're, that's sort of how this park was designed, and what we're known for is the opportunity to view wildlife every time you're here. Um, we have a state-of-the-art archery range, um, beautiful hiking trails, camping. You won't miss the water. What, what kind of wildlife can I expect to see this time of the year? We are seeing a lot of bears right now. Um, because they're beefing up on the acorns. The big hailstorm that came through um, last month or so missed us. I don't know how, but so we have the most acorns and berries still. So we're seeing a lot of bears and turkeys like crazy. You know, isn't it amazing the amount of turkeys you see in Colorado? You know, years ago we had had a limited, because turkey season hunting was just a draw, but they've done such a great job of propagating and putting them throughout. And they're a fun bird to watch. They're quite the animal. They are, and we have a very large population, and the first time I worked here, I saw them, and I thought, wow, that's awesome, and now, I mean, they peck on the, the glass doors because I think they see somebody, but it's just them, and they're pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it's fun. You have a lot of picnic areas at the park, too. We do. We have uh, 40 picnic areas, um, 61 campsites, all are full hookup except for 10, which are primitive tent sites, but um, I wouldn't call them very primitive. They're really nice. And you have camping year-round? We do, and uh, we do close some of our sites, but we have one loop that's open year-round. You know, I was talking to Darby uh, before you came on, and uh, we were talking about people in Colorado don't want to stay indoors, and I'm seeing more and more people get out in the winter. Um, The RVs you buy now are all winter-capable, but even people in tents and things, there's just something about that morning cup of coffee and that crisp morning and maybe seeing a deer or an elk and and people just love being outdoors you saying uh the winter camping picking up absolutely and our shoulder seasons when i first became a, a park ranger it was like memorial day to labor day and now it's march for spring breaks through october we're just as busy Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, you have a very special announcement. We've kind of been teasing this off and on for the last few times you've been on, but I understand the new Dixon Trail is now open. A decade in the making, but yes, it is. as of last Tuesday, it is open, um, and it is an amazing hike. Um, it, it's not for the faint of heart to start, probably. We're rating it difficult to extreme. You gain almost 3,000 feet um, on a four-and-a-half-mile 
hike. Now, this hike takes you to the top of Cheyenne Mountain. Is that right? It, it takes you to the top of, it doesn't take you to the actual summit, but pretty darn close. You go about 9,500 feet. And, of course, you, like, you can probably see Kansas from there. Yep. It, the views are amazing. Now amazing. You, and, and the hike, you said, and he said it's about a four-and-a-half-mile hike that you gain about 3,000 feet. So this is an incredible hike. Um, but, you know, people can come out and enjoy the other trails. We'll talk a little more about them again in a minute. Okay. But um, this hike is just phenomenal. What am I going to expect to experience and see as I walk up the mountain here? You know, it's interesting. That one of the It's been busy up there. Um, people don't seem to mind giving it a whirl, which is awesome. That's the whole point of it, and it's nice that we can share it. But I think one gentleman sort of hit it on the head. Um, he hiked the entire 17 miles because there's two trails on top of the mountain as well. So from start to finish, it's a little over 17 miles if you do it all at once. Um, and he said it's like climbing a 14er without the 14. Um, the trails are very natural. They're windy. There's a lot of switchbacks. Um, but you'll see a lot of wildlife. We see we have game cams out um, sort of checking for wildlife right now. We're seeing a lot of bear, mountain lion, tons of deer. Um, saw an elk a couple of days ago on the game cam. So um, a lot of beautiful aspen stands up there that, you know, the trees are three and a half foot diameter. They're just enormous, and they seem to go forever. That's just fantastic. And, yeah. you know, if people come out and maybe some of the family want to take this hike, but some people don't. You have lots of other trails that are much easier, right? We do. Actually, the Interior Park has 22 miles of trails that we rate you know, from easy to moderate. Um, and then the Dixon and the top of the mountain. Um, there's two trails on the top, the Mountain Loop, and then there's one called the Dragon's Backbone, which there's a story behind that name. But um, it's definitely extreme. There are spots where you need to use your hands to get over long rock crossings. So um, it's you need to plan ahead. And, and when you go that high, you know the, the temperature can vary as much as 10 degrees cooler up there, which is nice in July, but maybe not so much in October. So you need to definitely plan ahead if you're going to go up there. Well, you know, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because we're getting to the time of the year, actually any time of the year in Colorado. I, I teach some survival training and I do some articles on being both comfortable and safe when you're out. And people just don't understand. They think they're going to go hiking in Colorado, even in July, in shorts and a T-shirt. And you get at higher elevation, a storm comes through. You know, most hypothermia happens at about 60 degrees. And right. pe people don't understand how quickly you can get in trouble. Just have take some layers with and take some basic uh just some basic things that you need and understand. We're not going to go through a, a survival kit here today, but make sure you understand. By the way, if you go to my Facebook page, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, you probably can page back and find my Denver Post column. Maybe we'll bring that up and post it again because we're getting to that time of the year. But we want people to have fun, and it can be fun, but it can change in a hurry, can't it? It can, especially, you know, in Colorado. I think that the state motto should actually be layers, always, always layers, because um, even in July, you get sweaty, and then you go up a little higher, and it changes everything. Um, and you're going to sweat on this trail, so you need to plan ahead. There's no place for water. Um, at the bottom of the trailhead is your one and only chance to refill bottles, So you and there's no way for someone to pick you up. If you go out, you need to bring yourself back. Um, so you need, definitely need to think ahead. Flip-flops and one 16-ounce bottle of water is not what you need. No, you're absolutely right. I'm glad you said that. By the way, on the trails throughout, not only this one but the other ones, are any of them any type of multi-use or are they just hiking? No, nope, um, we do have a 
about a mile and a half section for dogs. The rest of the area is no dogs, including the new section. Um, that's because we want the wildlife viewing opportunities. Um, but we have uh, mountain bike and horses on um, sections of the trails. The mountain bikes can go anywhere. The horses have um, a section. And actually, we're going to allow mountain bikes and horses up the Dixon about two and a half miles, which is beautiful. Um, after you get past there, the talus just really won't support that kind of weight and activity. And there's long rock crossings and a little bit of moisture could cause some trouble. So they're not going to get to go all the way to the top, um, at least now. Um, but we're we're working on it. We'll see maybe in the future something can change. All right. Well, uh, Darcy, we've got to move on, but it's a great place. And I'm sure you update people on both Facebook and on the website, right? Yep, absolutely. And just, you know, if people are looking for a challenge and want to want to walk a great, great trail, boy, you've got it to offer there. And you've got it for all levels. Cheyenne Mountain's not just you're not that far from the metro area and you've got Colorado Springs right there. People yep. with a lot of nice weather, get out and enjoy it. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you, Terry. You bet. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. This is a pretty good song. Might have to listen to a couple riffs on this. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And speaking of Sun, I'm going to go right to the phones. And joining us from Sun is Mark Kite. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Terry. I love that song. This gets you feeling like you should be out there doing it, huh? Absolutely. Great song. We've got our winner of the ice fishing contest on the line. We're going to bring him up in just a bit, but I want to kind of talk to you first about a few things that are going on. Uh, One is... uh, we're in the middle of a lot of hunting. There's a lot of hunting to go, and Sun is just super at setting up ATVs for the hunting season. Yeah, for sure. You know, a lot of ATV, a lot of side-by-side stuff going on. You know, it kind of seems like for sure this time of the year that's what we do. You know, we're building a lot of custom rigs, and we uh, we had Nate Zelinski out here the other night, and he did a fabulous elk hunting seminar here at the dealership. And, yeah, it's definitely wide-open hunting season for sure. What are some of the accessories you can add to the side-by-sides and the ATVs? You know, so so a lot of stuff, you know, you see that we're doing right now, you know, um, we do a lot of full cab enclosures on side-by-sides, a lot of heaters, um, you know, we do winches, obviously gun scabbards on everything, you know, uh, just a bunch of that stuff, you know, wheel tire packages, lift kits, you know, stuff like that, so we do all that stuff in-house. The ATV stuff is very similar, you know, heated hand grips, uh, heated thumb warmers, gun scabbards, winches, um, you know, packs and racks, roto packs for additional fuel cells and water. Um, um, you know, it really, you know, you name it, if you can think of it, they've got it out there as far as an accessory. I'll tell you the one thing. Well, first of all, for me, because I'm getting kind of wussy in my old age, is the hand heater things would be fantastic. Um, but get a winch. I'll tell you, I don't know how many times I've seen guys get in trouble because they thought they didn't need a winch on their ATV. And you get out there and you got a big elk down somewhere or you're down an incline and you can't get back up to where you need to be or you slide off, that winch is a lifesaver. They are. They absolutely are, Terry. You're 100% right. You know, they're worth their weight in gold. And, and uh, you really, really realize, you know, how, how much they're worth, you know, once you have one and you need it, like you say. 
You know, another thing that's coming up quicker than people think, it's supposed to be a bigger snow year this year, and hope so because we need it. And you get an ATV or a side-by-side, and you may use it as your outdoor utility vehicle, your sports vehicle. But, boy, I tell you what, if you need to plow or snow blow, you've got some great attachments for that. Yeah, definitely. You know, no doubt about it. You know, I mean, uh, the snow stuff for sure. You know, we don't put our side-by-sides or our ATVs up in the wintertime at all. I mean, you know, we, we typically track them, um, depending on we, you know, if we're doing some backcountry stuff, ice fishing or whatever, as you know. Um, and if not, just around the house, you know, definitely that winch comes in handy. You already have on there, and the plow setup's pretty inexpensive, and it's uh, sure makes, makes snow removal on the driveway a lot easier. Now, I understand you have an open house coming up next weekend? We do. We've got an open house here at the dealership. It's kind of our fall open house so um yeah we uh we'll have free food and and uh, some music and it's just a good time we we show all the stuff we're talking about today and uh, a lot, lot of cool stuff to look at here at the dealership well that's another thing you're such a big dealership you've got a five acre campus with all the buildings you got the even the trial track out back but when you do one of these open houses you know it's not like when they walk in somebody's going to jump on them and try to sell them something they can wander around and kick the tires get usually you have burgers or broth or something and music going on and you get to rub shoulders with other people and it's a great way to spend a Saturday. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think that's what's really cool about the dealership. You know, it's uh, it's family-owned. It's not high-pressure, truthfully. You know, we, we're just having a good time. We're enthusiasts like, you know, all the listeners. And, uh, you know, we just like to talk shop, you know, whether it's hunting or ice fishing. You know, I know we're getting ready to do some ice fishing. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a good time for sure. What... Uh yeah, it is just it's just it's just a lot of fun there and and you just have a good time. You have any real special deals or tell people at least what brands you carry. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, so uh, about 16 months ago we took on the BRP line Can-Am, Sea-Doo and Spider. Um I'm super happy and want to thank all of our listeners and all of our customers. Uh we won uh, about 2 weeks ago we won National Dealer of the Year with Can-Am. So, you know, that's that's really cool. 16 months in and we're the number one dealer in the US. So, pretty cool there. But we do Honda we do Kawasaki, we do Can-Am, uh, KTM, we do Harley-Davidson, Spider, Slingshot, Sea-Doo. I mean, we, you name it, you know, on the on the, uh, the aftermarket stuff, you know, side-by-side, ATV, motorcycle, we pretty much carry all the major OEM stuff here at the dealership. Well, Mark, I think it's time to talk to our ice fishing winner. What do you think? Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. Absolutely. I've been, I've been waiting for this. So hopefully he's as excited as we are, and we're going to have a great time. All right. Well, we're bringing him up on the phones now, Jeff Dewhurst. Jeff, good morning. Morning. How are you guys? We're doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Are you excited? Oh, I'm so excited. Well, Mark Kite from uh, uh, Sun Power Sports is on the phone with us, and they're the ones that made this contest possible. So you might want to say thank you to Mark. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, Jeff, we're looking forward to it, buddy. We can't wait. It's, uh, you know, we, we, uh, I've had the pleasure and, and really the honor of fishing with Terry and Karen and, and, uh, Nate Zielinski. And it's, it's just such a treat, man. I'm telling you, we're going to have a great, great time, great group of people. And I'm super happy for you. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, Jeff, I just want to tell you that once you hang up today, those are the last nice words Mark will say to you, because once we get on the ice, him and the guys from Sun are super competitive. They will banter. They will try to outfish you. They will tell, they will tell you they caught more fish than you. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I look forward to it. You know, I'm only 5'5", so I make all the fish look big. So I'll be the one carrying the pictures anyway. So, awesome. so Jeff, tell me, are you um, are you an avid ice fisherman? Have you done a lot of ice fishing already? Oh, I didn't get into it until about three, four years ago. And uh, my best friend, he dragged me on the ice and convinced me that uh, there was a way to go. I've been hooked ever since. All right, so you have been ice fishing for a few years. Do you consider yourself uh, 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 an advanced ice fisherman? Or when we take this trip, Nate's on the line listening. We're going to bring him up in a minute, but I gotta—I can only have two on the line at a time, and I wanted to have Mark here for a few minutes. Um, do you can are you looking forward to just having a great trip or the education of it or or just the camaraderie or all of those? All of the above. That's what fishing's about. So so you're hoping to learn some things. Maybe you can teach Nate and I a few things. You know, I'll do what I can. I've been all right. Well, Mark, I'm going to let you go so I can bring Nate up for a couple minutes to talk ice fishing before we go. But, Mark, uh, we're going to have a bunch of guys from uh, Sun with us. You're going to try to bring some ATVs? Oh, yeah. We'll bring all the stuff. We're going to have ATVs, and we're going to have stuff with tracks on it. And Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to make this trip easy on us. We're going to show them what mobility can do, and we're counting on Nate to put us on fish because I'm going to be traveling, and I'll be there for the event. But you're going to have a few guys from Sun, at least a couple, I imagine. Yeah, we are, for sure. You know, Ron will be there myself. We're, we're definitely looking forward to it. Probably one of our other general managers here at the dealership. So, yeah, we'll all be there for sure. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that trip. It's always a great, great time. All right. Well, Mark, uh, thank you so much for um, for joining us. I'm going to uh, let you go back to work and sell some ATVs, and I'm going to bring Nate up here. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Terry. I appreciate it. And, Jeff, congratulations again, buddy. We look forward to fishing with you here coming up, man. We're going to have an awesome time. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. All right. That was Mark. From, I'm going to bring Nate up. Mr. Zelinsky. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And we have uh, Jeff Dewhurst on the phone with us, and he's won our ice fishing contest. Congratulations, Jeff. Are you excited? Oh, I'm so excited. So, so Jeff, um, tell, you're gonna, I'm going to eventually get you Nate's contact information. We're going to have to wait, obviously, until we get some ice, and Nate will kind of work with you to schedule it, and I'll work my schedule around it. But um, what, 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 what would you look for in your ideal ice fishing experience? Oh, just a chance to catch fish meet new people. Oh, that sounds good. We can manage that, I think, don't you, Nate? I was gonna say that's easy. I uh, I like that. Normally, people get on the boat, and I'm like, all right, man, you know, what's your what's your hopes, goals, and dreams? And they're like, well, I want a 55 pound lake trout, but I really want to catch it in shallow water on light tackle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so uh, you need to work on it and give us a challenge, there, Jeff. Uh, nothing crazy, but give us a good focus point, and uh, I'll tell you, you got the right group of guys to to make that dream come true. So, and when you ice fish, when you ice fish, Jeff, do you use electronics? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I think we'll probably focus on that quite a bit, don't you think, Nate? Absolutely. I think we uh, will have options. We'll do some sight fishing. We'll use some electronics, cameras. Uh, we'll have everything that I would say is considered the latest and greatest in the industry on that trip, from tracked ATVs to the latest, you know, flasher graphs and cameras and GPSs. Uh, we'll make sure we have it all out to where you, uh, you at least get experience it all uh, firsthand. Well, and Jeff, the last thing I know, you already said you've you've told the guy you're going to take with you. I assume it's a guy, could be a gal. I don't know, but you know, I I probably would have held out and tried to sell this or have my friends at least buy me drinks before I told him who I was taking. 
Yeah, that's good. You know, sometimes we have that one fishing buddy that you get that opportunity, you know who it is, whether it's a family member or a good friend. I think we all know who that is. Jeff, I'm going to let you go. I will get you Nate's contact information, and we're looking forward to it. Nate, what do you think? We're probably looking in December. Yeah, I'm thinking December. You know, you never know. I mean, there's years where we get great safe ice uh, in, in late November, first week of December, sometimes before towards Christmas. So, uh, you know, when we start getting into that later October, early November, we'll start getting a really good uh, idea of that due to water temperatures. We can kind of start scheduling from there. It won't be the first week of December. I'm in Hawaii. Oh, sorry, Terry. I'll be on the ice somewhere, but we'll wait until you get back from, from, the, from, from the, the vacation there. <laughs> All right. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again. All right. We're excited to have you. We're going to have a lot of fun. That's Jeff, the winner of our ice fishing contest. Mr. Zelinsky, I'm going to put you on hold. When we come back, you're going to talk some hunting, I understand. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Nate. We'll talk to you in just a minute. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.